Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. is filled with the word praise and worship and thanksgiving. How many of you know uh, that uh, the Bible wasn't written in English? Yeah, yeah. The Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic and some other languages, right? So we know that, Hebrew and Greek primarily. So, um, So when you see this big book that's a book of Psalms, or we would know it as uh, songs. Uh, there's 150 of them right in the middle of the Bible, largest book in the Bible. And uh, th- there's seven different words for praise when you see the word praise. We just see the word praise. And a lot of times we think, well, I already know what that means. Yeah, that means singing some songs or clapping or doing this. And I guess we'd be right. We'd say, yes, 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 yes. But when we're communicating with somebody, I think it's important to go back to the person we're communicating to and saying, what do you think that is? In fact, if you're really wanting to get really, really clear about it, you say, why don't you interpret what you think it is? When we go back to the Bible and to Hebrew and we look at praise, there's seven different words for praise, and we've been going over those seven different words. Today we're on word five, okay? So we've gone gone after these words. Number one, we went after yada. It was to revere, to worship with extended hands. And remember this, I'm going to test you. At least I test you on this first one, right? And we tested it with, so I throw up my hands. Okay, good, good, good. Ready? Let's try it again. So I throw up my hands, right? The word yada is literally to throw a stone or to extend the hands, right? And some of you might say, well, I thought there was another one with extended hands. There are, but body language, there's different things you can do with your hands than just one, one or two things, right? This one is to throw up the hands, to extend your hands in uh, revering praise, to hold out your hands and like to throw a stone. The second one we talked about was halal. It's the most popular one. It's where we get the word that's where we get the word hallelujah, right? Hallelujah, and that's to boast, to rave, to shine, to celebrate. And I told you about my experiences with the Hungarians in a wedding. And I told you about my experiences with the Greeks, right? If you're Hungarian and Greek, I applaud you. Or Jewish or something where you have these celebrations that just go on and on and on where everybody else wants to hide and think, don't call me out on the dance floor. That's kind of what halal, it's to boast and to rave. Sometimes it's seen more than even heard. And so we talked about halal uh, in the Bible. Zamar, uh, Pastor Nate Chair, ministered last week. Wasn't that an awesome word about Zamar and making music uh, to the Lord and to celebrate? And he related it to, a lot of times you'll hear Zamar in relation to who you are and your calling and how you sing out those songs. And he related it in his own life in Zamar. We talked about on uh, Tuesday, or excuse me, on Wednesday. I'm so used to saying Tuesday, I'm gonna have to get used to it. On Wednesday night, about Toda. And Toda is an extension of the hands. Extension of the hands in Thanksgiving. So we extend our hands. Could you just do it with me one more time? Just extend your hands. And what is that? That's saying, hey, Lord, I need you, I'm here. Sometimes I told you that I'll come in and I'll worship the Lord like this and I'll say, praise God, thank you, Lord. And there's other times I'm saying, God, I'm in a place right now. I'm in a spot right now. 
And I'll even open up my hand. Now, I don't think God goes, ah, 45 degrees more, 15 more degrees. Okay, I'll answer that prayer or anything. I don't think God's being ticky-tacky about those kinds of things. Your hands are just an extension of your heart, right? It's your heart. But what, what we're doing is we are saying, Lord, this represents my, the posture of my heart. Uh, and so uh, that's what we talked about was todah. Go back and listen to these if you haven't had a chance to. But today we're talking about tehillah. Would you say the word tehillah? today. Okay, Tehillah. It's a laudation, a hymn, a song of praise, a new song, or a spontaneous song. It's to sing out a spontaneous song. And uh, really, I would say Tehillah is your song. See, you could sing my song, but I can't sing. You could sing my song, but it won't be your song. And I could sing a song that you wrote, but it won't be my song. It'll be your song. But only you could sing your song. There's something about Tehillah praise. There's something that's just a little bit unique about Tehillah praise. And we, we know this. I, I love this uh, verse in Psalm 22, 3. It says, but you are holy enthroned in the praises or the Tehillah of Israel. Now, it's not just because they're Israel and you say, well, we're not Israel and I'm not Jewish, so I guess that doesn't count. No, that's of his people. We would say that God is enthroned in the praises of his people. What is enthroned? It means he sets up residence. He sets up place. He comes and takes his throne or he sits on his rightful place uh, in our hearts. Do you know that in your heart someone is enthroned? Maybe you. Maybe something else. It's really whoever you praise. It's whatever you give credit to, whatever you give glory to. That's the thing that's enthroned. And let me tell you, what happens is it says you're enthroned in the praises of Israel. There's something about when the Tehillah or the praises of Israel, God began to lift up their God and say how good God is to them and say this is our God and this is who he is to us. In fact, the word Tehillah is related to the word glory in the Bible, that they begin to sing out of the glory of God, on, uh, who he, his glory, but his glory shining on his people as well. In fact, uh, he is their praise, the Bible would say. And what would happen? The Bible says that God was enthroned on those praises. And by the way, where God is throned, the enemy is dethroned. I said, where God is throned, the enemy is dethroned. One of the best places, one of the best ways to get the enemy dethroned from your life is to get God enthroned in your life. And so in the Old Testament, the psalmists were sort of like the country artists of today. They would put their stories into their songs. They would put their life, not just a story, but their life story into their song. If they were going through a battle, if they're going through uh, a trial or a situation or their enemies would come about, it, they would write it up and say, oh God, I'm going through this and I'm going through this on the inside. They would tell about it personally. They would tell about it on the outside, about, uh, write about their, their troops and such. And so they would put their real life stories. And this storied praise is what we call Tehillah. Would you say it again? Tehillah. Now, the book of Psalms is a collection of songs like this. In fact, in the Hebrew, the book of songs is actually called the Tehillim. It's actually called the Tehillim. There are 57 times the word Tehillah is used in the Bible, and over half of them are in the book of Psalms. We see those. 
Uh, the word tehillah is not necessarily the prettiest written things. They're, they're not the ones that rhyme. They're not the ones that are phrased beautifully and you look and you say, oh, that just looks so great. Um, it, but but it's, it's personalized. It's something that hits home. It's something that you can identify with. It's something that the psalmists identify with. And that's why he says, you're enthroned in the tehillah, in the praises, in the personal praise. It's, it's like a deep calls unto deep. Um, you know, there's something about when we offer new praises unto God. Amen. Something about when we offer something, you know, something in the room, um, Miles or somebody, it's dark in here. Is it just gloomy? Is it just gloomy? Could you open up those back blinds? Could you? I'd feel better. Yeah. Not just me. You'd feel better. Look at that. Oh, I can see you. You're here. Look at that. Thank you, guys. Man, I was sitting here for a minute and just... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, where were we? We were on Tehillah. When you sing new praises, these spontaneous praises, these expressions to the Lord, there's something about the Lord that it's almost like he steps aside from what he was doing. He steps off of his throne, so to speak, and he comes down and he sits right in the middle of what you're doing. The Lord likes to jump right in the middle. When you start singing about him, when you start singing about how good he is, he jumps right in the middle of where you are. Someone is enthroned, and when God is enthroned in the prayer, when we begin to speak of the praises of God, he becomes enthroned in our lives. Let me ask you, when's the last time you've ever lifted up a spontaneous song to the Lord? When's the last time you've ever lifted a spontaneous song up unto the Lord? Because I know that a lot of times people go, yeah, I want to stay in worship, so I turned on a worship station. Or I turned on a worship song. Oh, let me just tell you, that's their song. What about your song? Because God does love their song, but I'll tell you what he comes and jumps in the middle of, your song. Now, you can sing their song, but until it becomes your song, it's not your song. I always tell worship leaders, they say, how do I... Uh, know what songs to select. How do I know what songs to sing? I say, well, here's what I do. I sing songs and I listen to songs and when it becomes my song, when it becomes something I worship to, I mean so much to the point where I forgot if I wrote it or not. Because I don't know who wrote it, but it's my song. I took that song. In fact, we know what that's like, right? We know what that's like just with pop music or things that's out there, right? You'll be walking along and you're with your friends or you're with someone and all of a sudden some, I don't know, Michael Jackson tune or something. It's all, uh, 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 and you're like, come on, girl. That's my song, right? No, 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 that's Michael Jackson's song. No, that's my song. That's our song. That's the one we get down to, right? It becomes your song. You know what I mean? Or like that one, and I will always, Right? But you give that part, and it's all, and it's all, boom. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody know what I'm talking about? Right before the big, and uh, it's all, boom. And everybody's all, and uh, and everybody's with me for about five seconds, right? And then they listen, and they're all, shh, I want to hear her, right? You know, for a minute. And I know someone saying Dolly Parton wrote that. I know Dolly wrote that. But that was Whitney's song. I said that was Whitney's song. 
She made it her song and ain't nobody knew who Dolly Parton was. Until she got the check for it. <laughs> Until she got and everybody knew who Dolly Parton was, right? <laughs> At least for that song. At least for that song. But you know, that's the way it is with the Lord. He wants you to have your song. There's something about Tehillah praise that it's your song. It's yours. When's the last time you've lifted up Tehillah praise? Right in the middle of your struggle. Right in the middle of your situation. You know, you may have to. Sometimes it's awkward to do that. In fact, most of the time it's awkward to do that. In fact, just about all the time it's kind of awkward to do that. You're right in the middle of your struggle. You're right in the middle of your situation. You're battling pain. You're battling a bad report. You're battling someone's attitude, which affected your attitude, right? Which means, which means you're battling your attitude. And then you're trying to lift up a song to the Lord out of response for everything that's going on because everything just broke down that day, everything messed up that day, and what do you have to do? Oh, I need to lift up a song to the Lord, and it ain't the kind of song that he wants to hear, I guarantee it, right? But what do you have to do? You have to press through and lift up your song to the Lord. Why? Because if you want him to get involved in the situation, if you want God's presence to get involved in the situation... What does the Bible say here? It says that he's enthroned in the praises of his people. In the praises of his people. God steps in and he takes up residency. Now, there's something also about, the Bible talks about lifting up your song to the Lord, but the Bible also talks about lifting up your soul to the Lord. You ever heard of soul music? In fact, I think Memphis is the birthplace of soul music, right? Birthplace of soul music. There's something about putting your soul. I lift up my soul to you. How do you lift up your soul? You put your soul into the song. I said you put your soul into the song. Have you ever put your soul into a song, even if it wasn't a worship song? Maybe it was a breakup. Maybe it was someone that you wanted to date. Maybe it was something that you're, you know, there's this song that's gone around over the last couple of weeks that... You're ticked off. That's a nice way of saying it. Uh, the government or at this or that. You know, there's a soul. It's the soul and people. It's the soul of America or the soul. Of, how do these things go viral and catch on? They, they catch on because they become their soul. That's my voice. That's my voice. And you begin to send it around, right? Because it's not because you like the singer or you think they're good looking or they're all good and all. It's because they express my soul, right? They express what I believe. Look at this. To you, O Lord, I lift up what? My soul. Somebody say, my soul. soul. Let me ask you, when's the last time you've lifted up your soul to the Lord? Your voice to the Lord. Your song to the Lord. He says, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed and let not my enemies triumph over me. When you go through a situation, do you just lift up your soul to Facebook? (laughs) Unto you, O Facebook, I lift up my soul. Unto you, all my friends, do I lift up my soul. Can I tell you, Facebook and your friends and Instagram and all these other things aren't going to do any. I don't care how many likes they like. I don't care if they like the way you said it. It's not going to help you. I'll tell you who is going to help you. When you lift up your soul to the Lord. Why? Because when you start lifting up your soul to the Lord and declare the praises of God, what happens? He shows up and helps you. Amen. So there's something about lifting up your, your soul to the Lord. Let me show you a New Testament verse in this. In, in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Speaking to one another 
in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It also could be understood, you know, uh, speaking with one another or speaking in the presence of one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Let me tell you why. Because I've heard that all of my life. Let me, let me finish the verse. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody where? In your heart to the Lord. Can we at least uh, agree that the last part of the verse is insight? Yes. Yeah. But the first part of the verse, sometimes we go, well, that's kind of an odd verse because you're speaking to one another. So I'm coming over and I'm saying, Adrian, I'm like, the Lord my God is a good God. And you're like, and you're a weirdo. <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's mighty. Yes, he is. And you're like, get away from me. Right? Like, you don't really speak to one another necessarily about those things or else you go... Let me pray. Brother, do you need prayer? You need some prayer about those things? I, what, do you, what I believe he's saying is I, I, it's not that you can't speak to one another. We don't typically sing to one another. We could. I, I grew up in a church where they kind of did that, and it was a little weird. <laughs> we could do that. We could do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But typically, you're saying in the presence of one another, we're singing psalms, we're singing hymns, and we're singing spiritual songs or spontaneous songs. The point is, are you singing spontaneously out of your heart to the Lord, or do you always need someone else to fill the lyrics? Because you don't know how to express praise to God. I don't mean that, by the way, if, you're, if you are a person that says, I don't, what does that mean? Just learn how to. It would be like saying if you're married and you're in a relationship and you have a bad relationship with your spouse and you just need to learn how to communicate, well, what do you need to do? Start from ground zero. Learn how to communicate. What do you start? Say good morning in the, in the morning, right? Say, I hope you're going to have a good day. Like start somewhere, right? With the Lord, just start expressing your soul. Start expressing your heart. Start expressing your thanks to the Lord. So what does he say to here to do? Psalms, what would that be? The book of Psalms. Hymns, what would that be? Well, that would be typically like we would sing uh, hymns back then. You know, the, even the old hymns that we know aren't old to when they wrote this, right? So we would say they're, they're typical, they're, they're, they're hymns, something that's pre-written, and spiritual songs. Those are just songs that have come out of your heart, right? Spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. But nevertheless, we need to be able to sing and express those things. Let me tell you, it's important to keep the song of the Lord in your heart. Church, it's important to keep the song of the Lord. Look at this last part. Singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord because he's writing to worshipers and worship singers, worship leaders. Is that right? Is he just writing to the worship team? Who's he writing to? Who's he writing to? Can I ask you, is he writing to non-singers? Is he writing to people that say, I can't, I can't, I can't carry a tune in a bucket? Yeah. I'm tone deaf. Is he writing to tone deaf people? Is he writing to people who can't play anything but the radio? Can't play anything but their, yeah. Right? Yeah. He's writing to everybody. What is he saying? Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Who are you singing? You're singing it to the Lord. I remember my brother, my oldest brother, he's a pastor in South Carolina. And I remember I was uh, playing worship. I was leading worship for a prayer service early in the morning on a Saturday morning. And we had a couple that would, uh, was a part of our church in, uh, in Los Angeles area, California, Los Angeles County. And, uh, and they always came in, just the sweetest couple, and uh, I can picture them right now, and they came in, they sat on the second row, which was right behind 
where some of the leaders would sit and such, and they sat on the second row, and they were, uh, uh, they had some uh, um, challenges um, mentally, and they had some challenges with just in their movement and also their brain capacity and their mental capacity and such. But when they walked in, they got in slow, and but when they sang, they sang at the top of their lungs. And they were what I would call tone deaf. Completely. Now, that's not making fun of them. That's just a diagnosis. Okay. Um, now, but so we'd go to sing a song, and sometimes there wouldn't be many people. Sometimes there'd be about 20 people in the room. Uh, it would be early morning prayer. And, uh, and we'd go to sing a song, and every, some people would go to sing like, I love you, Lord. And they go, and I live. No, I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm just saying they would sing at the top of their lungs. In fact, sometimes I'd have to watch my song selection because I didn't want it to be distracting to everybody else. I'd have to be really conscious of that. Well, my brother, uh, he was sitting in the front row, and, uh, and all of a sudden I saw him. He was leading the prayer service, and he came, and he said, man, I, I saw him crying like really hard, and I thought, man. Do you need some counseling? What's going on with him? And afterwards, I went and talked to him, and he said, hey, I said, what, what happened? Are you okay? He said, yeah. He said, the Holy Spirit just nailed me about something. I said, what happened? He said, I was standing in the front row. He said, and this couple was standing right behind me, and they were singing at the top of their lungs. He said, and I'm, I was tired. I didn't get much sleep last night. He said, my mind said, my mind's thinking, man, can't you sing a little softer? I can't even focus. And he said, and right when he thought that, he said, down on the inside, he said, he heard this voice that said, isn't it beautiful? And he said, and I felt like such an idiot because I wasn't, I was barely singing that day. And I said, well, you were an idiot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's my brother. I, I had to give him a job. <laughs> but can I tell you? God isn't worried about whether you're singing on, on pitch or off pitch or this and that. God just wants you to be able to sing praise to him. Somebody say amen. amen. So bearing your soul to the Lord, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Now there's a couple of words that bring out, there's a couple of, <coughs> excuse me, of my favorite places in Psalms that show this word <coughs> to Hila. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Somebody say at all times. The reason I want to bring this up is because in Ephesians, it said singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord continually, all the time. You're singing and you're making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Can I ask you, not just where people can hear, but are you singing and making melody? Do you have a song in your heart? Do you know there's something about being filled with the Spirit that, has, that, that you have a song in your heart? I know that when I'm full of the Holy Spirit, like when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, some people say, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Um, depends on when you ask me. And let me, let me tell you what I mean, because I could mean two different things. Someone could take, take down the road and say, well, that doesn't mean they're not. No, what I'm talking about is, are you, full of, are you full right now of the Holy Spirit? Are you staying full of the Holy Spirit right now? Because when the Bible says be full of the Holy Spirit, it's be being filled. There's something about staying full of the Holy Spirit. 
In fact, the Bible says if you, in, in Galatians, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's something about walking in the Spirit and staying filled with the Spirit. I'll tell you what, when I'm filled with the Spirit, when I'm full of the Spirit, I usually have a melody in my heart. There's something on the inside that just like, man, I have a pep in my step and a melody in my heart. I, I mean, it doesn't matter if I got enough sleep last night. It doesn't matter if I've had a great day or a bad day or anything. It has to do with am I rejoicing on the inside? Do I have victory on the inside? The outside is affected by the inside. But I, it's do I have joy on the inside? His praise. Somebody say his praise, his praise. shall continually be in my where? Where? in my mouth. Well, brother, I like to just praise internally. My praise is inside. Well, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks or the mouth speaks. Whatever's in your heart in abundance will come out of your mouth, whatever's in your heart. So if you have cussing in your heart, and someone cuts you off, guess what's going to come out? Not praise. Right? Someone say, I don't, they made me. Well, they didn't make you. You had that in your heart, and they brought it out. Right? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Do you know why it's in your mouth all the time? Because it's in your heart all the time. So what do we need to do? We need to keep his praise in our hearts, singing and making. Somebody say, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. All the time on a continual basis. Here's another one I like. In Psalm 100 verse 4, we, we, uh, we read about it this last, uh, this last Wednesday. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's todah. It, it's just an extended hand. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And by the way, when he was saying enter his gates, it's from the outer courts to the inner courts. But notice as you're approaching him, we're walking in, they're walking in with todah, with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise, with tehillah. There's something about praising the Lord, praising the Lord, speaking out praise to the Lord. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Can I tell you also, did you know that God likes new songs? Yes. I said God enjoys new songs, just like you enjoy new songs. Now, I know we, we all love the oldies, but the goodies, but we can't sit and live in the oldies all of our life, even if you are an oldie. Okay. Look at this. Psalm chapter 40, verse 3. It says that he, who's he? God. He has put, read it with me. He has put a new song in my mouth. Who put a new song in my mouth? Notice God put a new song in my mouth. So if we say, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, who put a new song in my mouth? The Lord. Do you know that we ought to allow the Lord to put a new song in my mouth? All the time, you're going, through a, you're going through a struggle, you're going through a battle, you're going through something. Let me tell you, the Lord won't always give you the answer right away, but I'll tell you what he does give you. He gives me the times, he gives you a song. And that song will carry you over the bridge to the other side. Right? Because sometimes the situations, he's working on the situation. Look at that. He has put a new song in my mouth. That's, that's Tehillah. To our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. God enjoys new songs. Um, I, I, I enjoy every once in a while going to theme parks. We used to live in Anaheim 
and we used to live right by Disneyland, okay? Um, uh, pretty close to Disneyland. Um, we lived in Anaheim Hills, and, the, and you looked in our backyard, and every night we'd see the fireworks show. That's why fireworks are not impressive to me, because I saw Disneyland fireworks every single night, okay? And I was like, shut up, Disneyland. <laughs> I enjoy seeing the mouse in the air, and I enjoy all those things. It's great. In fact, we had Disneyland passes for so many years that our kids would say, I hate Disneyland. And I would go, well, I ain't paying all that money for the Disneyland passes if they hate Disneyland. And, you know, and then we'd go and stand in all those lines, and we'd say, we hate it too. That's a confirmation, right? All that to say, sometimes you'd go on these theme parks, right? You'd go on these, and by the way, Disneyland ruins you for other theme parks. Okay, moving on. So we'd go into uh, these theme parks, and you'd get in these places like it's a small world, and these have these animatronics, right? And they go, it's a world of laughter, a world of fear. It's a world of hope and a world of... And then you go home and have nightmares about it for like two days. You're like, shut up! Hate the ride! You know? Now, you weren't sitting in there and going, oh man, I love that fresh song. Just, it's a, such a small world. I feel so close to the world. Now you're like, and you see them and they're moving, and you're like, oh, that was such a great movement that they had and all that. No, it's animatronics. You're like, dust off the little person that's that they're that they're that they're they're here make because they're all sitting there you know and they've been there for 30 years right that's what sometimes our praise is i think to the lord is that we sit there and we're singing that same song to the lord and we're like do you like it god and he's like no i want a fresh song i know you like it's a small world you finally learn the words you finally learn the harmony you finally learn all that stuff but i want to put a new song in your mouth Praise to God. Look at this. He's put a new song in my mouth. Praise or tehillah to our God. Fresh praise. Your story. Your story. Are you going to let the Lord do it? Amen. Amen. God, was, uh, God wants real praise, not animatronic praise. I said God doesn't want animatronic praise. So some people say, why are you singing so many new songs? You know, I grew up in a church that we just sang the same songs all the time. Why are you singing new songs? Because God sings. Like, God likes new songs. That's why God wants you to sing new songs. Let me just show you a few scriptures about it. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise to Hila from the upright is beautiful. God thinks praise is beautiful. And then he says, so sing to him a new song. What is that? He wants fresh praise. Now, who is that? Is that from the church? That's right. My church sings fresh praise. No, these songs were written for individuals. He's talking to you. Uh, would you do this for me on the count of three? Would you just say your name? Say, like I'm going to say, David, he wants fresh praise from me. Would you say it? One, two, three. He wants fresh praise from me. Yeah, that's what he wants. He wants fresh praise from you. Are you sure? Yes. Look at this. He says, for praise from the upright, that's you, you're righteous in Jesus, is beautiful. Sing to him a new song. And play skillfully with a shout of joy. Look at this next one. Oh, sing to the Lord. Read it with me. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Who should sing to the Lord? All the earth. The Lord likes new songs. I really believe that sometimes if the Lord showed up to some worship services, he would say, would you stop singing that song? Would you sing another song? If you're going to give me 20 minutes, could you replace that song? 
and sing another song. Give me a fresh song, something that is meaningful, something that'll get out of your head and into your heart. Something that'll go a little deeper. Now I may be wrong. It's just my idea, my thought. Okay, look at this. Oh, sing to the Lord. Somebody read this with me. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Why should we sing to the Lord a new song? Because God's done great things. He's saying, I've went through the work to do marvelous things, and you can't even go through the work to find a new song. Okay, okay. Move along. Uh, look at this one. Try this one. I will, try it with me. I will sing a new song to you. Oh, God. oh, I think we could say this to the Lord. Come on, can we all say it? I will sing a new song to you, oh God. You may not be able to say this, honestly, so don't say it. On a harp of 10 strings, I will sing praises to you. You don't have to say that. Um, unless you have a harp of 10 strings. I know people who have harps like that. Okay, let's move on. 149, okay? Praise the Lord. Let's try this one. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise, his tehillah, in the assembly of saints. So some people say, well, I do sing a new song, but I sing it in the shower. It's in the shower. Well, unless you shower in the assembly of saints, <laughs> which I don't recommend it. What does he say? He says you should be able to tehillah with everybody. With everybody. You should be able to tehillah with everybody. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay. Well, that's in the Old Testament. There's nine places in the Old Testament where he talks about singing a new song. There's a couple other places. But I want you to look in Revelation. We're not going to get away from the new song. I'll show you a couple places in Revelation. Revelation is where we're headed. They sang as it were, somebody say, a new song. Now, I want you to notice these three words. As it were. Because sometimes you could sing something as it were a new song. In other words, it's new to you. Or you could sing it in a fresh way. We would say that. Right? Because I'll sing a song. Uh, uh, I'll sing a song and I say, I'm just singing it in a, in a in, I'm not, I'm singing an a, a, a old song, but I'm singing it in a fresh way. So look at this. They sang it as it were a new song before the throne. Look at this. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. And someone says, what is that all about? I don't know. We won't go back into all that right now. Okay. But here's what I do know. What they're saying is no one could really sing their song. No one could sing their song. Okay. No one can sing your song. Why? Because you have something special the Lord's done for you. And your song is birthed out of your testimony. Your song is birthed out of your story. Your song is birthed out of your pain. Your song is birthed out of your experience. With every test comes a testimony. With every test comes a testimony, then comes a song. Right? And that's where you're singing out of those things. And sometimes, like I talked about on Wednesday, sometimes we want to avoid pain. So what do we do? We numb it. We, 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 we numb it through medication. We numb it through alcohol. We numb it through addictions. We numb it through noise. We numb it through money. We numb it through pleasure. We numb it through trips. We numb it through anything. Friends, 
Because we don't want to hear and experience the pain. And like I talked about on Wednesday, embrace the pain and bring the pain to the Lord. Talked about todah, right? Bring it to the Lord. Don't numb it. But look at this. They sang and no one could learn that song except the 144,000. I grew up hearing my parents sing. I grew up, now my parents weren't anything to tell about or recording or anything like that. They weren't anything special. My mom played a little honky-tonk piano. You know, I grew up and ding, 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 ding. And she'd sing just a little bit of harmony. And my dad would get in there. And my dad, I told you, could barely read and write. And so he, half the words he's singing, I don't even know what he was singing. I learned words wrong in songs because he couldn't read them. So he's, oh, Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. I thought he was speaking in tongues. He wasn't speaking in tongues. He was just making up words, the songs. But you know what? He'd sing these songs like, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And he'd sing these songs. I remember him singing these songs like, this is my story. This is my song. And there's times where they'd sing, and man, their tears, their eyes would well up with tears, both of them. Praising my Savior. Now, I'll tell you, they weren't the most contemporary songs I've ever heard. After 15 years, they still weren't. I'm like, can you get a new song? But to them, that was their story. All the day long, and they'd sing it as if it were their song. Nobody, I couldn't sing it the way they sing it. Why? Look at, no one could learn that song except the hundred. Why? There's something that I can't sing certain things the way you can sing them because I haven't been through what you've been through. Look at this one in Revelation. They sang a new song saying, You are worthy, for you were slain. And you have redeemed us. There's something about singing. Something about singing. Um, let me tell you uh, something too. I'm gonna I'm gonna wind this down now. We're we're, we're wrapping up here. Um, spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare, I believe, with music is a lot different than people uh, would think. People, a lot of times, would think that we're fighting the enemy. We're fighting the, we're battling the enemy and fighting the enemy. Do you know in the New Testament, I don't see us battling, that the Lord tells us to battle the enemy. I see in the New Testament, in fact, where he does tell us to fight is fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Stay in faith. Where, where he does tell you to fight is he tells you, um, uh, he tells you submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. We fight from a place of victory, not for victory. We fight from victory. See, Jesus has already defeated the enemy. So there's something about standing and being in a position and a place of victory. Do you know that praise will put you there? In fact, in Ephesians chapter 6 where he says, uh, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. And having done all to stand, stand. Stand. See, it's not just fight, 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 fight. No, stand. See, but there's a position that we need to fight from. And I want to show you this last thing as we wrap up here. Um, in Second in Chronicles, there's a story, and if you've been around church, you know the story of King Jehoshaphat. And God told King Jehoshaphat uh, on this particular battle, it's not that you're not going to fight other battles. He said on this particular battle, you're not going to fight. But you're going to position yourself. 
And I want to tell you as the New Testament church that a lot of times our fight is positioning ourselves. And if you don't learn the posture of praise and the posture of worship, it's going to be difficult for you to stand your ground. Why am I telling you that? So that you'll listen these last five minutes. Because this, this is what you came for. Listen to this right here. You need a word from the Lord. I, I need to hear this right now. Listen. I'm, I'm, just, I'm going to read you these Jesus' verses. And he said, listen to all of you Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. And you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord. Look at this. Do not be afraid or be dismayed. Um, the word uh, uh, afraid deals with fear. Dismayed is don't get broken down. So he says it twice in this passage. That's why I want to say it. He says, see, if God tells you something once, I listen. But if he says something twice or three times, you really listen. He says, don't be afraid, right? That's fear because you won't, you won't really follow through the commands if you're in fear. You'll just self-preserve. And then he says, don't be dismayed. That means to get broken down. Okay, look at this. He says, he, thus says the Lord, don't be afraid nor be dismayed because of this great multitude. He's saying, because of what you're about to see, because you have three, these three armies that are coming against you, and you're about to, uh, yeah, it's, it's not good. He says, um, it's not going to look good. He says, because of this great multitude, for the battle, somebody say, the battle is not yours, but God's. That's this battle is not yours, but God's. He says, tomorrow... Go down against them. I want, I want you to notice, sometimes people say, you're not going to have to go down against them. No, God told them, you're not going to have to fight, but you're going to have to go to the battle. You're going to have to show up. Because sometimes we go, I don't want to show up. No, he's saying, you got to show up. And by the way, they're going to show up. Oh, shoot. No, he says, but don't be afraid. You're going to show up. They're going to show up, but you're not going to fight. And I don't want you to fear or I don't want you to be dismayed. Look at it. Go down against them. They will surely come by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of, Zer- uh, of uh, Jerul. He says, you will not need to fight in this battle. He didn't say in any battle. He said in this battle, you're not going to need to fight. Notice this though, position yourself. Somebody, would you just sit up straight and say, position yourself. See, this is what the Lord wants us to do. Position yourself. Somebody play the keyboard so you all feel better. Play the keyboard. This is, this is the point where you want to position your hearts. Okay, right here. I'm just kidding with you. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Look at Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You won't need to fight, but you will need to position yourself. You won't need to fight, but you will need to position yourself. You won't need to fight, but you're going to need to show up. You won't need to fight, but you're not going to be able to be afraid. You're not going to be able to fall apart. That's dismayed. You're going to have to position yourself. He says, uh, salvation of the Lord, who is with you. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, look at it again. Do not fear. Somebody say, do not fear or be dismayed for tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. Why is he saying don't fear or be dismayed? Because if you are, you might not show up. He didn't say, I'm going to fight the battle. You don't need to show up. No, he said, you're going to show up. Look at this. Let's skip down to verse 21. And this is where it just kind of, Here's the good thing about God. 
He does all this pre-stuff. You do this, you do this, you do this. So it shows a lot of times in the Bible. So they did it, they did it, they did it, they did it, they did it. And then the story's over. And you're like, that was it? Yeah, because a lot of it is, is the works on the front end. What I'm talking about, by the way, is not some little Sunday school lesson. Because all of this could be a message. And if we don't apply it, then it's just a waste of time. The whole point of it's in the application. And I'll tell you, you may get your opportunity this week. Look at this. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and those who should praise. Not because he didn't like them. I'm going to put the singers and the praisers on the front because I don't like them. I'm going to take them out. No. No, he put them up there because the Lord said, you're going to need to position yourself. So what did he say? Well, I know enough about God. I'm going to need to get the praise out in the front. Let me tell you, if you're battling something, you're going to have to get praise. I think there's a reason the Lord put our mouths in the front of us. There's a reason the Lord put your mouth in front of you. It's to get praise in front of you. Now, it's not the only reason, but look at They should sing to the Lord and should praise the beauty of his holiness. Look at As they went out before the army and they were saying, come on, can we all just say it as an army here? Let's say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Last verse, last verse. Why don't we just read it together? Now, when they began to sing and to praise, look at it, stop, stop, stop. When they began to sing, notice, and to Hila. When they began to sing, and what did they do? They started lifting up their song to the Lord. They started lifting up their song to the Lord. When they started singing and praising, what happened? The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. That's the three armies. What did they do? God is enthroned in the Tehillah. So they were going through a bunch of stuff, and what happened? As they begin to lift up Tehillah, God came and sat down in the middle of the situation and said, all right, I'm going to set up ambushes. You know what? I don't even know what that means, set up ambushes, but I don't even care. They lost. Look at this. He set up ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were, somebody just shout out, they were defeated. Now, what did the Lord need to do in the spirit? Well, one commentary said that the ambushes could have been angelic hosts. Uh, one said that they interpreted them as angels. Evidently, angels appeared suddenly to the Ammonites, the Moabites, and they became so confused that they destroyed the Edomites and that they destroyed one another. Bodies were all over the battlefield and such. And some, you know, sometimes people write uh, commentaries on that, and they might be right. We don't know what happened. We don't know exactly what happened. But I'll tell you what, we don't care how it happened. We just care that it happened. When you're facing an enemy, you don't care how God takes it out. You don't care how God solves the solution or or solves the problem or the issue or takes out the enemy or causes it to stop and brings about it. But here's what you do know is that when you begin to Tehillah, when you begin to sing your song to the Lord, what happens? God shows up. And when God shows up, the enemy leaves. The enemy's confused. And God says, you're not going to have to fight. But you are going to have to position yourself. 
you are going to have to position yourself. There's something about singing that Tehillah praise that gets God moving on the situation. This last scripture, I'm just going to mention it. Let God arise. Let God arise. Somebody say it. Let God arise. And his enemies. His enemies be scattered. His enemies are your enemies. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before fire, so let the wicked perish. What? Let the wicked perish at what? Notice it starts with the presence of God and ends with the presence of God. Let me tell you what you need. Would you just open your hands to the Lord right now? Let me tell you what you need in your life. You need the presence of God. Let me tell you what I need. I need the presence of God. Some of you are facing situations right now. Hopelessness right now. Sickness right now. You're battling reports that you're going through or that are being told you to you. You have things in your heart that you don't know what to do about. Dreams or things that the Lord's spoken to you and you don't know how to move forward on them. You're not sure. You may have direction that you're not sure what to do. Maybe there's a marriage that's falling apart. And you're going, God, I just need you to show up right now. Would you do this? Come on, just begin to lift up your praises to the Lord, just on your own. Right now, Lord, we lift up our praises to you. We lift up Tehila praise. All over this room, oh Lord, we lift up praises to you. It may not be pretty. It may not even be in tune. Just begin to say, you're my deliverer. You're my helper. You're my healer. Just lift up all over this room. In fact, why don't you stand to your feet? Just stand to your feet. Lift up to Gila praise. Oh, you're my deliverer. You're my helper. You're my healer. You're my strength, Lord. You're my song, Lord. I need you, God. I lift up praise to you all over this room. We lift up praises to you, oh God. You are my strength. You are my song. You are my strong tower. You are my helper. You are my deliverer. You are my fortress, oh God. I need you, oh Lord. I lift up spontaneous praise to you. In the middle of my situation, Lord. In the middle of my trial, Lord. (laughs) I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, Lord, we thank you for putting songs in our heart. Oh, Lord, we thank you for putting songs in our heart. Just continue. Just for another 30 seconds or so. I know know we need to wrap up here, but just... For another 30 seconds or so, oh Lord, we lift up our song of praise to you. You're worthy of it all today. You're worthy of our praise, oh God. Your mercy endures forever. Great is your faithfulness, oh Lord. Great is your faithfulness, oh Lord. Great is your mercy, oh God. Great is your grace, oh Lord. 
Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. You're worthy of praise and honor. And I worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, I pray that just like so many big seasons and transitions of my life, I can look back and I can see that it was a song that carried me over. Not because I'm a musician, but because I'm a son. And I pray that just like you've helped me to understand and continue to understand to heal a praise, I pray that every person in here, as they reach out to you, that you would put a song in their hearts in the night seasons, in the day seasons. I pray that the song of the Lord would go forth throughout this church and congregation in the name of Jesus. Would you just say, I receive that. I pray that by the Holy Spirit, the song of the Lord would go forth throughout this congregation. And I pray, Lord, not some weird, wacky thing, but Lord, a a real, genuine move and filling of the Holy Spirit put a song of the Lord in our hearts young and old I pray men, women put the song of the Lord I pray praises unto our God in Jesus name in Jesus name And before we leave I want to make sure that everybody knows Jesus as the Lord of their life so I want you to pray this with me today Jesus loves you, the Son of God, born on this earth, lived a perfect life that we should have lived, and died on the cross to take all of our sins, was raised again on the third day, so that we can have eternal life, so that we can be born again. It says in Romans chapter 10, that if we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus, and we believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead, that we'll be saved. That we confess him as Lord. That means we have a new master, a new Lord, a new person in charge of our lives. And if you want to make that decision today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. In fact, I'm not going to call you up here, but I want everybody all believers today. Would you pray this prayer together? Let's confess this today. Jesus, I confess you as the Lord of my life. You are in control. Thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you for giving me eternal life. From this day forward, I call myself a believer and I thank you for eternal life in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen today. Why don't we just give a big hand to those who made Jesus the Lord of your life.
Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Podcast.